Well, good morning, Greenwich. Today is Tuesday. It's January 19th. Welcome to another edition of the Basement Academy. Uh, before we dive into our morning psalm and our study of a rule of prayer, our topic uh, these last couple weeks, uh, just a quick administrative note. Most folks watch a video. That's how I've been uh, recording and presenting these studies for the last nine and a half months or whatever it's been since we started last March. Um, we've also found that we can transition these to a podcast so you can listen to them. If you're unable to have time to watch a video and you're kind of on the go, uh, however you would subscribe to podcasts, there's different uh, portals or platforms, but just search Greenwich Presbyterian Church and up will pop uh, the Basement Academy, and you'll see that. Uh, I've also uh, begun to podcast a little bit with Samantha Spittle, and so you will see uh, those uh, there as well. Walk me through this. So anyway, just different ways we're trying to get the word out uh, in this time of pandemic when we're distanced, and it's been a good way uh, to be able to extend uh, the Sunday school classroom, as it were, taking Christian education and discipleship into a mobile context, uh, which certainly fits our, our society these days. And so uh, feel free to share these uh, with your friends if you find them uh, edifying and helpful. Okay, let's dive into a morning psalm, one of my favorites, I'd have to say. You're, this one's going to sound familiar to you, Psalm 139. At least portions of it will be. This is for the director of music. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. It's just a wonderful psalm. God's presence in our lives before we were knit together, when we're being knit together in our mother's womb, all the days ordained for us written in his book before one of them comes to be. So from the beginning of our lives, before we are, till after we're gone, God is God. In this life, if we try to run away, we can't run away from God. If we try to hide ourselves in the darkness, the darkness is his light. God is inescapable, and, and there's and that's a comforting thought, right? <laughs> and there's times people want to escape from God. They're just done with God, but God doesn't let go. <laughs> Uh, so just wonderful language. It's, it's a great psalm. God's knowledge of our lives before a word is on our tongue. He knows it completely. We're hemmed in. He's, he's got us. He's laid his hand on us. Such knowledge is too wonderful. So it's hard for us to conceive of the infinite God who knows all things, can be all places. Um, and, but this is the God we, we call upon, the God we call our Father. And so uh, let me bid you uh, in the, the translation of your own choosing to go ahead and uh, read this psalm today, Psalm 139. And it provides a nice backdrop to uh, what I'd like to talk about today. Uh, this is our 10th study on a rule of prayer, trying to understand how to pray in an ordered way that grants us great freedom and depth, helps us to grow into maturity. And so yesterday began to talk about the darker side of the Psalms. Praying the Psalms, five Psalms a day, every day, every week, every month, every year, you will just go through these 150 Psalms in, a, in an orderly uh, sequence. And they begin to give us language when we have no language. When we're overwhelmed with our emotions, uh, the lament, as we talked about yesterday, uh, all of these struggles, they give us language for us uh, to speak. The value of praying the Psalms, particularly the Psalms of lament, of which like two-thirds of the Psalter is, the Psalms keep us grounded in the truth and the reality of the human condition and the human experience. They keep us grounded in the way things are, okay? Now, there, there's something in us that when we come to God in prayer, we think we need to dress ourselves up, bring our Sunday best, speak in certain kinds of tones and in certain kinds of words, beseech and bestow and the like. And the Psalms don't exactly do that, do they? If Hopefully you're reading your psalms today, okay? And, and today's psalms, we're going to do this in a little bit. Today's psalms will illustrate some of this, some of this tension that 
that makes them hard to pray. Okay? The Psalms keep us grounded in the actual conditions of our lives. They don't let us spiritualize our lives and kind of dress ourselves up and come into God's presence only when we feel happy or we feel holy or we feel um, worthy of, of being in God's presence. That's not prayer as we want it to be. It's prayer as many people practice it. Okay, When we have darker emotions of anger, of sadness, of depression, of despair, um, of frustration and, and, and the like, we want to hide those emotions away and we'll wait till we feel better and then we'll come and pray to God because I don't want to be in God's presence in an unworthy manner. But that isn't what God wants. He wants us to bring all of our lives into his presence. And so the Psalms remind us of this deep, theological reality that we read in Genesis 3 that we have sinned and we now live east of Eden. It's that language after God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden. He set uh, one of his cherubim there with a sword and they lived east of Eden. So drove them out. Okay. So we live our lives east of Eden. It's a way of saying, it's a shorthand way of saying we live outside the presence of God. We live in a world of misery, of some suffering and some pain and some things don't always work out. Um, uh, we hurt, our bodies hurt, uh, mind and, and heart are stressed and distressed. Relationships, we struggle with them. It's not all bad, it's not all pain, it's not all suffering. Thanks be to God, there's beauty and goodness in the world. So much to delight us and to light our hearts, God's common grace, as we call it. But we live east of Eden. And so east of Eden, we lament. That's the kind of the biblical word or the theological praying word that we need to learn. To lament. And lament is a way of bringing our actual lives before God. And so... Um, the Psalms of Lament can broadly be, be, be um, kind of bucketed into two groups, the angry Psalms and the sad Psalms. Now, there's lots of emotions and sometimes anger and, and sorrow are on the same Psalm, but there's some angry Psalms and there's some sad Psalms, okay, or a bunch of them. And isn't this kind of like life? <clears throat> the two primary darker emotions that we wrestle with are anger and sadness. Anger at world isn't going the way I want it to be. These people aren't doing what I want them to do. My family doesn't treat me the way I want to be treated. Okay, um, And so we see anger on display all the time in our world and we often experience it but don't always know how to express it. Okay, And sometimes our expression of anger makes things worse and then we get sad right <laughs> because our anger is expressed in a way that wounds and hurts relationships hurts others and then we experience the sadness of that loss of relationship okay but we become sad at a, a thousand things right um, and, and so anger and sadness the psalms help us to pray our anger and our sadness See, that's the key. 
the key is we've got to learn how to pray our real lives, not our baptized, Christianized, spiritualized, over-spiritualized, pretend spiritualized lives. I'll wait till I feel, I get rid of my anger and I get rid of my sadness, then I'll come to God in prayer. No, no, no. Bring the anger, bring the sadness. That's what the Psalms are teaching us. Every day in the five Psalms that are read, there's always some touch of anger and sadness that, that is being expressed there. <clears throat> so I mentioned last week that many of us struggle with this practice of five Psalms a day, partly because we're just not very disciplined, right? We just won't carve out the 10 or 15 or 20 minutes a day we need which is a little sad commentary on our lives. And I, and I again, raise my hand. I've mostly punched through that thing. It's mostly a habit of my life now to do this. But there are times I, I don't want to do it. <clears throat> don't want to carve out the time. But some of the reason we struggle to pray is because of this anger and this sadness. And I don't always connect to it. <clears throat> and so... These psalms in particular, the psalms of lament, are often hard to pray. What I hear people say is that they don't feel Christian to me. They are Old Testament, right? So this is before the time of Christ. So we acknowledge that just historically in the flow of salvation history. These were written before Jesus <clears throat> was born and lived. But we've been taught to love to love our neighbor, to pray for our enemy, to love our enemy. And, and these psalms sometimes don't feel appropriate because they have angry language in them. And so uh, I've got uh, three of today's psalms, just uh, it's kind of a highlight, just to give you a feel. Psalm 79 and 109 in particular, whoo, they're doozies. They are doozies. They're not easy to pray, but we need to pray them, okay? Uh, Psalm 79, O God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. So that, so in some strange way, the experience of the Israelite recalling the destruction of the temple, there might have been some flash of insight watching the capital be breached. That, not that the capital's a temple, I, I know, but, but it's a, it's an important building for our democracy, right? A lot of things happen there. And that, that emotional, visceral experience of watching all of that chaos and anger and destruction and death that ended up happening there. And the great distress that has come upon our society just in the last you know two weeks now over that. Oh God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. And so it's, it's written in the context of the destruction of uh, the temple in Jerusalem that, that led to the Babylonian exile, okay? But maybe in some way we can feel the emotion of that because we weren't there when the temple was destroyed. That was, you know, how many, you know, 2,500 years ago. But all of us watched the Capitol be breached, or we watched the rioting in these the streets of our cities last summer. And this emotional reality, this anger and this disappointment and this frustration. And, and so <clears throat> um, 
verse 12 of the same psalm, pay back into the laps of our neighbors seven times the reproach they have hurled at you, O Lord. Get them, God. <laughs> That's where the psalmist goes. Begins with a reflection in the sadness and sorrow and the pain of seeing the temple destroyed. And then it turns to get them, God. And some of us don't want to pray that because that seems unchristian. Okay? We need to learn how to pray those emotions. We need to learn how to pray those emotions. <laughs> okay? And so this psalm gives us some language that can maybe intersect with some of the things in our own day. Psalm 109 is, whew, it's, it's technically called an imprecatory psalm. It's kind of calling down curses upon um, other people. O God, whom I praise, do not remain silent, for wicked and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. And so, again, there's this, what seems like unrighteous suffering. It's like, oh, I find myself attacked. Now, many of us may not have that experience, but if you've ever put something out, if, if you're inclined to a post on Facebook, and if you have made some kind of post that you think is actually a kind of a decent post, or you're trying to make some kind of point spiritually, religiously, or politically, and then all of a sudden the trolls just come out. And we can watch this thing. There's this just vitriol and venom and there's this anger. And it just it just takes a spark and boom, it explodes. And again, we're watching it. So again, this psalm helps us to pray that experience. Even if it's not your experience, you can pray for those you may know or you pray for a world that has become this angry. We're accusing tongues just, you know, lob bombs back and forth and they spit this poison uh, at each other. Oh, may his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. Ends up being picked up in about Judas, right, in the New Testament. May his children be fatherless, his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. Who wants to pray that, huh? It seems so unchristian. And in many ways it is. And yet, what we do is in praying this psalm, we're acknowledging such realities are in our world. They may not be in your world directly. They may not be in my world directly, but indirectly, these things are in our world. People feel this way about other people. Sometimes in families. You know, we're, we're reading how the political chaos of our, of our world right now, of our nation, there are families who have disowned each other, <laughs> family members who've disowned each other over political realities. And so, so this may not be your experience, but you know people, you know situations where people feel this way. And so you call these people to mind as you're praying this, you're trying to say, God, I don't want anyone to feel this way. But it keeps you confronted with the fact that people do feel this way. And what God wants us to do is to pray for a world that feels <laughs> that, that it wants other people's children to be wandering beggars. Anybody who feels that way needs 
prayer, okay? And if you're that angry with somebody else sometime, I wish their children will be wandering beggars, then you need prayer, okay? And then Psalm 139. It was doing so well, wasn't it? All this beautiful language, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then out of nowhere, like kind of fingernails on the chalkboard, if only you would slay the wicked, O oh God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And then as if catching himself, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. <laughs> Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, a sweet prayer of examination and reflection and confession. And so Psalm 79, 109, 139 today, just in today's Psalms, have this anger and this, mm, this tension. Why we need to pray these Psalms is because this is the world we live in. We live in a world where Christian people think of others this way. Just read the news. <laughs> and there are Christians who are speaking out into the world. Now, there are people who think this of Christians as well. Okay? We live in an angry, hostile, fighting, warring, mad world. And so the psalmist bear witness to some of their own emotions around that. And by praying them, they keep us grounded. This is the world that God wants us to pray over. Not some spiritualized, sanctified world where uh, nobody ever gets upset here. You know, some like woebegone kind of experience. That world is not real. In an East of Eden world, anger dominates the day and it leads to great sadness. And so we pray these. Um, why do we find these psalms hard to pray? In addition to feeling unchristian, we are well trained in avoiding truth and reality. All of us grew up in a home. <clears throat> Many of the homes we grew up in didn't allow or didn't teach us how to process our emotions of anger and sadness how to handle those strong, powerful emotions, God-given emotions. Our, our, our parents, our siblings, our families didn't teach us how to do that. So for many people, we avoid conflict. We avoid the tension. No, now we avoid the conflict with the person. Now we'll go talk about that person, you know, till the cows come home, right? <laughs> we'll gossip and we'll, we'll run other people down all the time. But but talking to that person, how disappointed or hurt you were when they said what they said. They may not have meant it, but you heard it a certain way and you were hurt. But instead of saying, hey, can we talk that? You know, when I heard you say that, that, that kind of hurt my feelings. And, and so we grew up in those kind of families, avoiding conflict. And, and then we get into adulthood and guess what? We're still uh, avoiding conflict. But we have these emotions, we, we have these feelings, but we work them along the sides rather than working them through in a mature way. And so the Psalms 
help us. We, we avoid the Psalms, these hard, angry, sad Psalms, because we're well-trained in avoiding, again, as children of Adam and Eve. But let's not do that. God doesn't want us to live lives that avoid truth, that avoid hard things. God would have us walk through valleys of shadows, <laughs> knowing that he is with us, with rod and staff to comfort us, and that there are tables prepared for us on the other side of that valley, and the table is prepared in the presence of the enemy. I can live openly with these emotions, knowing that there are some differences that I've got with people. Now, you're thinking, yeah, but I do that anyway. I just avoid the situation. I avoid that person. I avoid the topic. I get that. But the Psalms will teach you to pray through your emotions so that maybe you can have a deeper friendship and relationship. Um, frankly, we're afraid, east of Eden, we're afraid to admit and take responsibility for our emotional uh, lives. Um, and the Psalms help us to come to grips with the fact that we ourselves feel this way sometimes. We, we don't want to admit it, but, but we do feel this way sometimes. We get so mad, we want you know, the children to be wandering beggars, you know, that, 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 those expressions and outbursts of anger. Um, <clears throat> frankly, we have not been taught by our churches, um, in our Sunday school classes, in other contexts, we have not been taught to lament. We've been taught to be happy, that God makes us happy and come to God and he'll, your life will be all better and you'll feel good all the time in this kind of feel-good approach to the Christian faith that increasingly seems to be dominating our, our uh, Christian churches here in America. You know, with so many creature comforts that are available to us, and if you don't like this church and they don't, you don't get something out of it, don't feel the way you want to, you just leave that church and go to another church that does. And, and there's pressure upon preachers like myself and pressure upon churches to kind of stay positive and keep happy. Let's not bring people down. There's enough bad news, so let's go to church to to, to be made happy. <clears throat> um, and so. Uh, part of this teaching right now is to teach us how to lament. And so the Psalms give us the language to express our lamentation. The things are not right in our world. Things are not right in our lives. Things are not right always in our families. Things are not right in our community, in our workplaces, in our churches. And the Psalms give us the language. And so one of the reasons we stay away is just because we haven't learned and it's I don't know what to do with that and then finally um, with some maybe a little tongue-in-cheek but with some truth psalmectomies are just easier than messy emotions and so um, Psalm 139 <clears throat> is one case in particular, uh, I've seen this in some hymnals have psalms in the back of the, uh, uh, the, the hymnal where you can go for a, a group reading, a responsive reading with the congregation. Always skips over. If you only would slay the wicked, those, those four verses that are just so, oh, so out of character. <laughs> so it's a psalmectomy, right? Where you cut out the hard parts 
and let's just get it out of there so we've got happy psalms. They're, they're positive. And so we, we, it's just easier to engage in a psalmectomy. And sometimes we just skip over. Again, if you're reading through the psalms, you're bumping into a few that you're just going, like today, Psalm 109. Hey, I don't think I'm just going to skip all the way over that one. That's a psalmectomy. You want to cut Psalm 109 out of the, the book. And I'm just going to pretend it's not even there anymore. Okay, And so a psalmectomy seems easier to us than dealing with our messy emotions. Don't do it. <laughs> just read it. You know, pinch your nose and take it. If it feels like castor oil, go ahead and read those words out loud. And if nothing else, go, wow, that guy was having a bad day. <laughs> and pray for the soul of anybody who feels that way. But now you're praying the Psalms the way they're meant to be prayed. Okay. So let me close here. Uh, we'll pick up again with a little more, um, uh, kind of pressing on with how to pray the darker side of the Psalms. I'm lingering on this topic because it is the reason most people stay away from the Psalms, ultimately. It's the thing that you have already bumped into if you are trying to pray the five a day. You've already bumped into this. And so that's why I'm lingering to help you to press through because these angry Psalms over times will become deep and dear friends. Now they're they're different kind of friends, but they will become your friends. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of Psalm 139 in particular, even that portion of the psalm that strikes us as so angry and out of place. Search us, O God. Test us. Know our anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. And so, Father, teach us. Teach us how to pray our messy, angry, sad emotions. And thank you for the witness of the psalmists, their honesty, their raw honesty before you. And so lead us into such a deep and honest and open and transparent encounter that we might be healed in our relationships, in our ability, our own hearts and emotions, things that have held us back, wounds that have, have uh, been there for years and years. Lord, help us to pray through uh, these emotions with the gift of these psalms. Lord, we pray on the eve of uh, a new administration uh, tomorrow. We pray for our nation the anger and the hostility and the sadness and the division. Oh God, hear our prayer. Have mercy upon us. Help us as your people to be people of peace, to be bridge builders and peacemakers. And so Father, lead us into this day as we trust the healing, redeeming work of Jesus Christ in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. May the God who has fearfully and wonderfully made you and knit you together in your mother's womb and has been watching over you all the days of your life and knows all the days ordained for you before one of them even came to me. May that God keep you and bless you and make his face to shine upon you this day. Amen.